0: All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence and to gather here as one big family, as your children, O God. We pray that you come and take your place in our midst this evening, in Jesus' name. Let your will be done in our midst, O God. Speak to our hearts this evening, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of of a believer in the life of a of the child of God um, so let's turn uh, um, if you have a Bible with you if you have a Bible up you can turn to John chapter 16 from verse 5 to verse 15 I'm going to read a few scriptures and then we'll get into the word so John chapter 16 verse 5 this was Jesus Christ when he was about to leave when he was going back to the, his father When he was going back to heaven, um, he had a conversation with his disciples. He said, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where you are going. Because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. These disciples had been with Jesus Christ. They have seen him perform so many miracles. They have seen him heal the sick. Because of the affiliation with Jesus Christ, the Jewish leaders didn't like the the disciples. And the Romans also didn't like the disciples. Now, he's telling them that I'm going away. And so they were all sad. But then he says in verse 7, that nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go. He's saying that it's better for you that I go. And the reason is, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I want to read Acts chapter 1 as well, verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The Bible says that, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and all the earth. I want to read a final scripture. In Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, the Bible says that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So in Genesis chapter 1, The Bible tells us that in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth. I think Pastor Jessica um, taught us this, this morning about the Spirit of God moving on the face of the water. So this tells us that the Spirit of God was there from the beginning. Because when God created the earth, the Spirit of God was moving Upon the face of the water, that spirit of God is the Holy Spirit. And in John chapter one, again we see the Bible says, "In the beginning was the, sorry, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." In verse fourteen, it says, "The Word became flesh and dwelt among us." This is referring to Jesus Christ, that He became flesh and dwelt among us. So when you combine Genesis chapter one to um, John chapter one. There are three things we see. We see God, the one who created heaven and earth, who we call God the Father. And we see the Spirit of God, which is moving up upon the face of the water. And we see Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God, who became flesh. And so we see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We see that the Trinity, when you combine Genesis chapter 1 with John chapter 1, you see the Godhead, the Trinity, in this play. In the Old Testament, God, we saw God the Father who was dealing with people, visiting people, coming to um, Abraham, talking to him, and giving people instructions. And Pastor Steve taught us this morning that we're waiting for the manifestation of Christ in the Old Testament. And then in, when you come to the gospel, you see Jesus Christ dealing with people, preaching the gospel, healing people, um, performing miracles, And then when you come to the book of Acts, you see the Spirit of God helping the disciples to proclaim the gospel. And so you see, first of all, you see God, the Father in in the Old Testament, and you see Jesus Christ in the gospels. And after the gospels in the book of Acts, you see the Holy Spirit. Now, many times when people talk about the Holy Spirit, um, they make us feel that the Holy Spirit is some kind of force. I don't know if you have seen a preacher say, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. And they begin to shake. Oh, am I the only one who watches star? <laughs> you see the preacher say, oh, I can feel the Holy Spirit and they begin to shake. And in our minds, we think that, oh, then the Holy Spirit is some kind of force that pushes people about. And a lot of people don't really know who the Holy Spirit is because of the actions that are attributable attributed to the Holy Spirit. When people say, oh, I'm under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it's either maybe they are falling down or they are shaking their body or they are making, they are shouting or something. So, no, we, so we begin to think that maybe the Holy Spirit is just a force that pushes people, but the Holy Spirit is more than a force. According to the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a being. The Holy, the Holy Spirit has a will. The Holy Spirit has emotions. I want us to take good, very good note of this. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force that moves people about on television. He's a person. The Holy Spirit is a being. The Holy Spirit, Spirit has a will. The Holy Spirit has emotions. I believe that if we understand these four things, the way we relate with the Holy Spirit is going to change. He's not just something who comes upon us and makes us feel goosebumps. no. The Holy Spirit is a person. And so the the last scripture I read is, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the communion of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people, we have not been done so much good when people talk about the Holy Spirit. It makes us think that the Holy Spirit is an it. But the, the Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a person. And when Jesus Christ was talking about the Holy Spirit, he used the pronoun him. He used the pronoun he. And he used the pronoun his. This gives us the, um, this explains the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. And so from today, the way you relate with the Holy Spirit should change. He's not just a force that comes upon people and pushes them about. He's a person. And he wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to have communion with you. He has a will. And the Holy Spirit can be grieved. He has emotions. It means that you can make the Holy Spirit sad by the things that you do, by the, by the words that you say, but by the actions that you take as a child of God, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. So he has emotions. And I, let us begin to relate with him like that. In John chapter 16, when Jesus Christ was leaving the face of the earth, he told the disciples that it is better for you that I go. This is a man who has been with them. When Peter's mother-in-law was sick Jesus would just lay hands on Peter's mother-in-law and she would be healed when they went to the wilderness and they were hungry Jesus Christ would pray to the father and then they would have bread to eat in abundance when Peter was drowning in the sea Jesus Christ stretched his hand and pulled Peter up so they knew that with this man around them they were okay they had nothing to be afraid of and so they had the boldness to walk in the midst of the Pharisees, knowing that Jesus Christ is around them. When they went to fishing and they, they couldn't catch anything, Jesus Christ directed them where to get fish. So they knew that Jesus Christ was their helper. And then one day, Jesus Christ tells them that, I have to go. I'm going to leave all of you. And you might not see me again very soon. And so they were all sad. They were not ready to say goodbye to Jesus. You know sometimes how... It's difficult to say goodbye. Who has had that experience before when you're saying goodbye? Yes, it's sometimes very difficult. And this is a man that we have left everything that we were doing. the, The disciples, some of them were fishermen. They have left everything they are doing and they are following this man. And one day he comes to them with a story that I have to leave you guys. And they were all sad. But he told them one thing that it is good for you. In fact, it is better for you that I go. How can you say that? It is better for you that I go. Because if I don't go, you are not going to have the Holy Spirit. So Jesus Christ thinks that the presence of the Holy Spirit on earth is better than his presence on earth. Why? Because Jesus Christ was restricted to one location. But the Holy Spirit is not restricted to one location. As we are here, the Holy Spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit lives in each one of us who are children of God. But Jesus Christ could have been here, probably sitting here, or standing here teaching. But the Holy Spirit lives in every one of us. And that is why Jesus Christ said, it is better for you that I go. The Holy Spirit is here in Maryland with us. There's a church going on in New York. He's there with them too. There's a church going on in Africa. He's there with them. There's a church going on in Asia. He's there with them. So He can be everywhere, manifest at the same time. And that is why Jesus Christ said it was good that he goes. Now, in John chapter 16, the Bible describes the Holy Spirit as the comforter or as the helper. Now, the word used for the comforter or helper is paracletos, which means that the Holy Spirit, I mean, when you're using it in terms of a noun, the Holy Spirit helps, enables or he's a person who helps, enables, and also strengthens another person. So the Holy Spirit helps us, he enables us, and he strengthens us. I've met people who, say, who's, who tell me that, oh, I want to serve God. But there are so many things going on in my life right now. I want to get things straight before I come to God. No, you can't get things straight. But when you come to God just as you are, the Holy Spirit helps you, straightens you takes off the child from your life and make you begin to bear the fruit of the spirit so don't try to fix yourself before you come to god that is why he gave us the holy spirit the holy spirit is going to fix us as we begin to have fellowship with god as we begin to have fellowship with the word the things in our lives that are not good it might be an anger problem the holy spirit begins to work on our heart it might be an addiction the holy spirit begins to work on that process takes all those things away now you realize that when you come to god the things that you do and you celebrate you celebrate i mean the things that you you do and you celebrate you cannot celebrate them anymore you feel bad when you do them that is the holy spirit working on your heart bringing to pass the change that god has ordained for you and so my brother my sister i just want to tell you that don't try to fix yourself before you come to god you can spend your whole life trying to fix yourself You'll never get fixed. Come to God just as you are. And he's going to change you. He's going to transform you. None of us was born a Christian, a child of God. We we might be born in Christian families, but that doesn't make us Christians. Until we have a personal encounter with God and accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, that is where our journey begins. That is where we begin to drop all the bad things that we used to do because the Holy Spirit is now in our lives and is helping us. So Jesus Christ said, the Holy Spirit is going to be your helper. So when you come to God, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, to help you to straighten up things. So don't try to do it all by yourself when you have help. When He's ready, He's standing there waiting to help you and you're saying, I got this. No, you cannot do it by yourself. He's here to help you. Just give it up to Him and say, Lord, I turn it all over to you. I need your help. I receive you in my life. Help me. And that is it. You begin, you begin to see the change in your life as you continue to have fellowship in, with the Holy Spirit. Now, another word for the Holy Spirit in this same verse, John chapter 16 is an advocate. When you go to court, an advocate is someone who um, supports your opinion, supports your emotions and promotes your opinion and promotes your emotions. So the Holy, uh, I'm sorry, uh, promote your opinion and promote your position or your motion. So the Holy Spirit is here as an advocate, as a support, promoting and strengthening you to do what God has called you to do. So the Holy Spirit is an advocate and assistant who is always promoting your cause. The Bible tells us that we have an advocate with God who is Jesus Christ. We have an advocate here on earth, the Holy Spirit, who is our help. You see god has made this resource this person available to us the unfortunate thing is that a lot of us christians a lot of us children of god neglect the help of the holy spirit but he's with us every day can you imagine that i have a friend that i'm walking with every day 24 7. i'm working with this friend he never says a word to me he never asks me for help even though i can help that friend even though i I have power to help and assist this friend with a situation that he's going through, but he never asks for my help i'm always there i'm always there with him quiet he never talks to me. What do you think i'm going to do? I guess I, for me as a human being i might i might I might stop following this friend because he never talks to me he never has communion with me, never s- says any word to me. That is how the Holy Spirit is or feels like in our life most of us. He's there with us from the from the time we sleep to the time we wake up. We never tell him a word. Never. Throughout our day, throughout our year, some of us don't even remember that the Holy Spirit is with us. But he's always there, waiting to just say, "Child of Where did you hear, a child of God say, Holy Spirit, I need your help." And he's there to help you. "Holy Spirit, I need to hear your voice." And he's there to direct you. That is why God gave him to us to be a helper and to teach us and so let's begin to cultivate fellowship with the holy spirit when you wake up as a child of god no matter how dark the room is you are never alone no matter where you are going or whatever challenge you are facing you are never alone god has given you the holy spirit to be your help to be your advocate and to push you to the purpose of god so let's begin to engage in the fellowship with the holy spirit when you wake up from bed you can say good morning holy spirit when you are faced with a situation, you can ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. When you are going to make a decision, you can, help, you can ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. The unfortunate thing is that we never cultivate this um, fellowship. But when it gets to the big decisions, then we want to hear his voice. We want to know. Because I have had fellowship with Pastor Steve. Assuming Pastor Steve is, is in the hallway and he, he calls my name. I can tell that is Pastor Steve calling me. Why? Because I've had fellowship with Pastor Steve. But assuming a person calls me, I don't know him. Maybe, let's say, Mom, Mom is here, and calls out to Tina. No matter where Mom is, Tina knows that that is the voice of Mom. Why? Because she has spent time with Mom, and she knows that's my Mom's voice. Assuming I've never met this person, the person calls me. Until I see the person, I'll not know who, who, who called me. And that is how the fellowship with the Holy Spirit is. If you spend time with Him, you begin to learn His voice. So that when you get to life's big decision and you say, Holy Spirit, please direct me. Because you have practiced hearing that voice, because you have spent time with the Holy Spirit, you are able to tell that is the voice of the Holy Spirit. That is how He leads us. So today, let's begin to cultivate the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That is the only way we can take advantage of the resource that God has provided in the Holy Spirit. He's always there with us. I don't know how long we have been silent on Him. Never share a word with Him. From this evening, I pray that we'll continue to talk to the Holy Spirit and we'll begin to talk to Him. Now, what does the Holy Spirit do in a believer's life? What are some of the things He does in our lives? The first thing I mentioned is that He's our helper. He helps us he is our comforter; he comforts us. He is our advocate; he promotes our cause. He helps us to do what God has called us to do. When we are in difficult situations, the Holy Spirit will serve as a guide. The third point is that the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, "As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God." Do I have some sons of God, He daughters of God in here? The Bible says, "As many of us that are led, because we are sons of God." The Holy Spirit leads us. How does he lead us? When we continue to have fellowship, we learn the voice of the Holy Spirit. It might not be an audible voice as you are hearing me now, but there's a voice inside of you that tells you go to the left, go to the right. Don't do this. Do that. Sometimes he talks to us and we we, actually, we ascribe it to some, something else. You know, you have that experience. You're like, something told me. Something told me not to do this something told me not to take the train something told me not to take the bus what something is that have you asked yourself what that something is that is the voice of the holy spirit directing you on things you should do and things you should not do there's i mean there there can only be light and darkness there cannot be nothing there cannot be anything else and the holy spirit tells you he guides you can you imagine the love of god that in spite of the neglect and all the time that we ignore the Holy Spirit, He still there with us and never leaves us. When Jesus Christ said, I will never leave or forsake you, in the form of the Holy Spirit, He is with us. Even though we never ask for His help and we never ask for His assistance, the Holy Spirit is always there with us. Now, the fourth point is that the Holy Spirit is God's seal for every child of God. He's God's seal. You know, that a seal can be used for two things. When um, an, a manufacturer um, um, manufactures a product, they put their seal on it, that this product was manufactured by me. And then sometimes you see a vehicle or, or, or a car, I mean, and you have the Navy seal on it, or you have the American flag on it. That tells you that that car belongs to the Navy. So that is the seal. So the Holy Spirit is our seal. Pointing to the fact that we belong to God. Anyone who has the Spirit, anyone who is a child of God, has the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit inside of him to show that you are a child of God. So if you are a child of God, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. That is a sign that you belong to God and you don't belong to the devil. That is God's seal to show that this child is mine. To show that this lady, this gentleman, is my child. The Holy Spirit is God's seal. And so God seals us with the Holy Spirit to show that we belong to Him. The next point is that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit is is the one who guides us into all truth. Now this is going to become very important as the days go by. And as we approach the second coming of Jesus Christ, there is going to be a lot of deception. And that is why we need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit because He is the only one who is going to guide us in all truth. Now, when you hear something that is not true, the Holy Spirit inside of you will tell you that what you are hearing is not true. He will guide you into the truth. When you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit enlightens you to understand what you are reading. And so let's begin to foster the relationship with the Holy Spirit. It is so important. The only thing that causes Christians to stand out is the Holy Spirit. If you're going to experience the supernatural life that God has promised us, you'll be through the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God's power that accomplishes things. Yes, we see the Holy Spirit moving as a force on people, but he's not just a force. You have to identify him as a person first, and then you can benefit from his power and his presence. So don't, when you look at people move and shake on TV, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, that's not all the Holy, Holy Spirit does. No, the greatest thing he does in our lives is to bring transformation, to change our desires. You know, if you had, before you became a child of God, there are things that you love doing. But when you become a child of God, those desires burn out. Your heart is renewed. You don't enjoy doing those things anymore. There's a change in your heart. That change was initiated by the Holy Spirit. I believe that is a very big miracle for you to switch from one desire to another and sin loses power over you. That is a great miracle and a great manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, the Holy Spirit helps us to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Like I said earlier on, that when you come to Christ, don't try to fix yourself. Just yield to the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Now, there are certain traits that people expect from Christians. So if you call yourself a Christian, there are certain expectations that the world has of you. There are things the world is expecting that you do. In Galatians chapter 5, if I can just read that quickly, the Bible um, talks about the fruit of the Spirit, which, should, um, which is the hallmark or the attributes of who a Christian is. And this is made possible by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Bible says, But, but, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness self-control i'm going to read that again but the fruit of the spirit is love when you allow the holy spirit to work in your heart you love people you don't hate people anymore you just love them no matter how bad they treated you you are able to love them because the holy spirit is working on your heart and you are bearing the fruit of love you have joy You can see that two people are going through the same situation, but one is always praising God. One is always saying, thank you, Jesus. In spite of this pandemic, I give you glory because I know, I know that you can do this for us. I know that you will take us through. That is the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. It, it, It doesn't look at your situation. It doesn't look at the problems you are going through. You just believe in God and you have joy. No matter what comes your way, you have joy. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. As we begin to cultivate the relationship with Him, we we will enjoy this fruit. Peace. Peace in the midst of the storm. Now, peace is not the absence of problem, but then you having peace and knowing that God is with you in that problem and having a peace of mind. And that is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The Holy Spirit gives us self-control. Sometimes people do things to you and you wish you can act in a certain way because you are angry, but the Holy Spirit just works on your heart and you're able to calm down and listen to the people. Not because you are not angry, but because the Holy Spirit has brought that change in your heart. The Holy Spirit is such a blessing to this generation, to this dispensation. We're living in the dispensation of the Holy Holy Spirit. And that is... Why it is important that we cultivate the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible also tells us that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, the Spirit makes intercession for us according to the will of God. Sometimes you don't know what to pray about, but the Spirit of God makes intercession for you according to the will of God. Now, the eighth point. The Holy Spirit fills the life of a believer with the power of God. So, so important. The Holy Spirit fills the life of a believer with the power of God. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And in Acts chapter 2, we see the coming of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read Acts chapter 2. Jesus Christ Christ had promised the believers that they were going to receive the Holy Spirit and they were going to have power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. So he told them to go and wait in Jerusalem and they were going to receive it. And the Bible says in Acts chapter two, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were were sitting. um, Then appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat on each of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is an experience that opens the believer up to the power of God, to experience the power of God. Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak with tongues. It opens you up to see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot of um, argument about this experience, but it's still real in our lives today. Even as, as I'm standing here, I can just begin to pray in tongues. Because I have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for selected few people no bible says as many as will believe the holy spirit will come upon them as many as will believe everyone every child of god can receive the baptism of the holy spirit that is the power of god that is what opens you up to the power of god you know sometimes you are praying you really love to pray you wish you could pray And you are just able to put together words for two minutes and you are done. But when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can pray for hours. You can pray for for days. You can can pray for a lot of hours, for two hours, for three hours. Because you are just speaking the language of the Spirit. You are just speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit is giving you utterance to, to, to pray with. And this experience, beloved, is for every child of God. It's for everyone. It's not for a selected few people. It's not for pastors. It's for every single child of God. You can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and you can speak in tongues. Amen. Amen. You need to begin to have the desire to receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit relates with us on three levels. He's with us. He lives inside of us. And he's gonna come upon us. So the Holy Spirit is with us. So as we hear the word of God, He's with everyone. As we hear the Word of God, He convicts us and we receive the we receive the Word. When we receive the Word, He comes to live inside of us. And when we receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, He comes upon us. Those are the words that I use. For the different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So every child of God has the Holy Spirit inside of him. But most people don't have the upon experience of the Holy Spirit. With the evidence of speaking in tongues and prophesying. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You begin to speak in tongues. And you begin to prophesy. Amen. How many of us have the desire to have the Holy Spirit come upon us so that we can pray in the language of the Spirit? How many of us have that desire? Amen. So the Bible says that in Acts chapter 2, we see the arrival of the Holy Spirit. And the sign that, shows us, that showed us the arrival of the Holy Spirit was that they all began to speak in tongues. Until that point, till now, the Holy Spirit has been poured out. God has not withdrawn the Holy Spirit from the earth. The Holy Spirit is here with us. And everyone who desires to have that experience, God is ready. The Holy Spirit is ready to fill you up. Everyone who desires to speak in the language of the Spirit, to be able to pray in the language of the Spirit, He is ready to fill you up. But He must begin with you first of all having a desire, committing your life to God. And He will bring about that change. Now finally, my final point is: How are we supposed to relate with the Holy Spirit? In 2 Corinthians chapter thirteen, Second Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse fourteen, the Bible says that may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the fellowship or the intimacy of the Holy Spirit be with us. Now, God has shown us grace. Look at how we relate with God. It says, may the grace, I'm sorry, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ extends grace. Jesus Christ brought grace to the earth. The love of God. God demonstrated his love when he sent Jesus Christ to come and die for us. And what does the Holy Spirit do from this Verse. He says, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So to be good Christians, we need the grace that Jesus Christ has made available to us. That grace is available to every one of us. We need to receive the love of God and we need to cultivate the fellowship of the Spirit. We need to f- cultivate the partnership of of the spirit. That is why God gave the Holy Spirit to us, to have fellowship with him, to have partnership with him. And he is always here with us to help us, to do what God has called us to do. He is an advocate who is standing by you every time. He's an advocate who is cheering you on to do the right thing every time. He's an advocate who is advising you every time. To do the right thing. And so we need to cultivate the communion with the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to go over the points again. The first point is that... One of the big points that I want us to take home today is that... The Holy Spirit is not just a force. He's a person. He's a being. He has a will. And he has emotions. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit... It's a being the holy spirit has a will the holy spirit has emotions very very important he's not just he doesn't just push people around in church services no he's a very gentle spirit he's a person he's the third person in the trinity god i think pastor jessica taught us a lot about it this morning and that he's our help god has given the holy spirit to be our helper as we live here on earth, he's going to bring assistance to us in everything that we do. The Holy Spirit is an advocate. He's cheering us on, pushing us to do the right thing, to make the right choices. The Holy Spirit leads us. Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. The Holy Spirit is God's seal upon us, showing that we belong to God, we don't belong to the devil. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit guides us into truth into all truth. The Holy Spirit helps us to bear the fruit of the Spirit. It means that our character, our lifestyle begin to change and reflect who Jesus Christ is. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Bible says the Spirit intercedes makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. The Holy Spirit fills us, I'm sorry, fills the life of the believer with the power of God. The Holy Spirit fills our life with the power of God. And how are we supposed to relate with the Holy Spirit? We are supposed to have fellowship with Him. Talk to the Holy Spirit because He's with you every time. Talk to Him and begin to cultivate having that fellowship with Him. Ask for His assistance in making small, small decisions so that when it gets to life's big decisions, you can hear Him when He speaks to you. Let's not wait for the big decisions before we go to him. Because at that point, we have not learned to hear his voice. We have not learned to recognize his voice. But as we have fellowship with him every day, and we learn his voice in small, small things, when it gets to life's big decisions, like who am I going to marry? What job should I, should I take this job? or uh, Should I go to that school or this school? Should I do this course or that course? When it gets to making that big decision, it's because we have learned to hear his voice. He's able to direct us. Amen. Before I, I, I sit down, I, I want to know if you have any questions uh, because the topic of the Holy Spirit is a big one. I know that I only gave you eight um, things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives, there, but there are more than eight. But just... Think about these eight things. Are we even making use of this provision that God has made for us? Jesus Christ said, it is better for you that I leave so that you can receive the Holy Spirit. So the presence of the Holy Spirit is better than the presence of Jesus Christ. That is what Jesus Christ himself said. He said, the presence of the Holy Spirit is better for you than me being here. Amen. Are there any questions? Anyone with a question? Anyone? No question I have a question Okay So when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit And you speaking to How do you really know that the tongues you're speaking Is from God Right That's a good question How do you know that the tongues that you're speaking is from God Um i'm, I'm gonna use my own experience so when i received the blessing of the holy spirit the first night you know the, the the thing the devil does is to tell you that what you're saying is just coming from your mind it's it's, it's nothing you're just saying this from your mind and so that night i went somewhere to pray to just speak in the spirit and i could just feel the words coming out of my spirit it wasn't something that I was saying with my mind or with my head. So you just know that this is the flow of the Spirit. This is coming from the Holy Spirit. It's not coming from your mind. It is coming from your Spirit and you know it. You just know it's from within that this is um, coming from your Spirit. It's from the Holy Spirit. Like I said, the devil tries to tell you, Oh, you are just saying words. You are just creating words from your mind. But continue to pray with those words that's the that's one of the sure way you can verify whether you are um, speaking in the spirit or you're just continue to pray just um block your mind from listening to the voice of the devil continue that that evening when i went out there to pray i was just praying and so many things were coming out of my spirit because i also wanted to test this the, whatever i had received to see if It was the battle of the holy spirit so i went to a a, a place to pray and i began praying and i i was saying i was saying so many things and i just felt it in my heart that is one sure way to know that this is coming from this that spirit but know that it is the devil's deception that makes you think that oh you are just saying some words it's it's not it's coming from it's not coming from your mind don't let that discourage you from praying in the spirit continue to pray in the spirit that is a sure way to verify if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit or not? Um, Pastor Steve, Pastor Jessica, do you wanna um, add to that?" It's a very good question. All right, when you read Acts chapter two, verse four, you just read it. It's,